Okay, we are back uh, with our last session of our series, and uh, today we will be looking at full contentment. Now, notice throughout the series, uh, we've been looking at what uh, uh, Solomon has been saying about what you can't find contentment in, right? Uh, so this he's going to wrap up here with how we can really find full contentment. So we begin with, as usual, the first question. Page 73. Page 70, 72. Is where our first question is. When has not following directions gotten you in trouble? When has not following directions gotten you in trouble? Yes, all of us have been in that boat, haven't we? Yeah. When you get something and you look at the instructions and you see all of these, oh man, I got to read all of this? I don't need that. Throw so the instructions aside and you go on your own. Then you, you end up with a box full of nuts and bolts that uh, left, over. left over. You know, and say, so, well, see, I know these professionals don't know what they're doing. I put this together and I don't need all this stuff. Then you jump on it and it falls apart. One time I saw a screw that he left on the side when he was doing something with my car. I said, well, what's that for? Oh, it'll, it'll come and wash. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I was like, probably not that anyway. Yes, we've all been there. All right. Okay, uh, Bible meets life. When our girls were just toddlers, we found a, a fun way to teach them about obedience. They would hide in the house, listen for our voices, and follow our commands. One day they explained. First time obedience will save your life. Okay, so it sounds melodramatic. I know. But some time later, we took a family trip to the local fairground. Not much was going on. In fact, the parking lot was practically full, empty. As we were enjoying the beautiful day outside, my wife noticed our four-year-old wandering towards the parking lot. As she headed to our van, unaware of her surroundings, a car came racing through the parking lot. When I looked up, I realized they were on a collusion course. And I had no doubt she wouldn't win. Instantly, I yelled, stop, and she did, immediately. Obedience really did save her life, her life, that day. That kind of obedience is not just for children. We all benefit from a life of obedience. While Jesus' obedience was saved, while Jesus' obedience has saved our lives for eternity. Solomon reminds us that our own obedience is the key to a full life. Okay. So today we will learn that obeying God is the only way we can find real meaning and purpose and joy in life. Obedience 
is the key to a full life. And I don't think there's anybody who want to live a full life, right? Yeah. Obedience is the key to a full life. Okay, uh, so the point is obedience is the key to a full life. Let's then look at the first passage that we have on page 74. Who want to take that one? Ecclesiastes 11, 7 to 10. Light is sweet, and it is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, since they will be many. All that come is futile. Rejoice, young person, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desire of your eyes. But know that for all of these things, God will bring you to judgment. Remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh because youth, youth and the prime of life are fleeting. Key words, the days of darkness, 11 to 8, 11 verse 8. Symbolic term for death. We should make the most of our brief lives because death and eternity is a reality. The life of obedience is not a dull or limited life. God demands on our li- God demands on our lives are neither burdensome or oppressive. Too many people fall for the satanic lie that God is a killjoy. <laughs> Nothing can be further from the truth. God wants his people to enjoy life. In fact, he calls for us to enjoy life. Number one, savor life. Verse seven, light represents life, while darkness represents death. Verse eight, we only have one life to live, and it is sweet. Solomon also said it is pleasing. Pleasing for the eyes to see the sun refers to living this good life with joy. God wants us to live this life filled with joy, savoring every day as we would savor honey. Number two, rejoice in a long life. Verse eight, life on earth is short in the big picture of eternity, but no matter how many years God gives us, we are to rejoice in every day he gives us. Why? Because the days of darkness will be many. In other words, the days we are, the days we are dead, the days of darkness, will be far more numerous than the days we are alive. Solomon was not saying this life is all there is. He was merely making a statement about the brevity of life. Solomon. Go ahead. Solomon's words carry a warning to reject passivity. Don't just let life happen to you. Redeem the time God gives you. He may give you a few years or he may give you an unusually long life. Either way, this life is all you have. Enjoy it. Savor it. Number three, rejoice in your youth. Verse nine. A statement we often hear is youth is wasted on the young. Solomon warned us not to waste our youth. Instead, we should take advantage of it rejoice in it and enjoy it. We can rejoice if we let joy spring from the inner person, the heart. Solomon wrote that the heart is the source of life, Proverbs 4.23. 
Joy does not come from our circumstances. It begins in the inner person, in the heart. Joy finds its source in God and in God alone. When our hearts are centered in Christ, joy is present, as David wrote. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Psalms 16:11. We let joy overflow into the outer life, our walk. Solomon was not telling us to follow our hearts, as the world likes to say. He was saying that Jesus would later, would later say, our hearts dictate our outer way of life, Matthew 15, 19. If evil dwells in our hearts, evil spills out in our lives. However, if we have new hearts that experience joy in Christ, then that joy will flow out of our hearts and be evident to others. With heart centered in Christ, we can enjoy what our heart desires and also what our eyes desire. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Psalms 37, 4. We should not be afraid to enjoy life. Take advantage of our youth and redeem each day. But we must also make sure to temper our enjoyment with the reality of God's judgment. Number four, fear the Lord. Verse 9. Lest we think the command to enjoy life means to go crazy. We're reminded that God's judgment awaits us. Know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. Too often, we soft pedal the fear of the Lord and say, oh, that just means we're to respect and be in awe of God. That's true, but fear is so much more than that. It's also realizing that we all will stand before the living God and give an account. The good news is that for us who trust in Christ, Jesus has already stood in our place and received God's judgment for our sins. There is no longer any condemnation for us who are in Christ, Romans 8, 1 to 2. Still, that awareness of God's coming judgment tempers the command to enjoy life to the fullest. Whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what He has done in the body, whether good or evil. First Corinthians, Corinthians. Second. Second. I mean, Second Corinthians 5, 9 to 11. Number 5, remove obstacles of joy. Verse 10. God wants you to enjoy life, and that means removing any obstacles that might inhibit joy. Remove the inner obstacles of joy. Remove sorrow from your heart. The sorrows that weigh us down could include anxiety, sinful anger, bitterness, cynicalism, or critical spirit. Remove the outer obstacle to joy, obstacles to joy. Put away pain from your flesh. Physical pain and weakness may be something out of our control, but we should do what we can. A good diet, regular exercise and rest have great value to our lives. And beyond that, we can refuse to let our ailments or problems hinder our joy. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our 
monetary life affliction is producing for us an absolute <coughs> comparable eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17. Why did we get all those groans and we start talking about diet and regular exercise? Uh, I don't want to do it. Because you don't want to do it, right? <laughs> oh dear. How did we do for <laughs> Father, help us to discover the way to find meaning, purpose, and joy in our lives as we go through the study today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A couple of things. Now, on the surface, Ecclesiastes seemed like a dark, almost depressing work, right? Throughout the book of Solomon, throughout the book, Solomon described frustration after frustration after frustration over and over again, we saw. He searched for meaning in so many places, but nothing satisfied his longing. But ancient wisdom literature often pointed to the right decision by emphasizing the dangers of wrong decisions. And Ecclesiastes points people to God by demonstrating the futility of life without God. In the end, Solomon explained that true contentment can be found only in obedience to the Creator. A couple of things we note here when the paragraphs we read. Uh, Solomon uh, recommends uh, that he, he, he recommends some positive things uh, to enjoy life. He says, uh, save a life, right, verse 7. He says, rejoice in long life, verse 8. Rejoice in your youth, verse 9. We can rejoice if we let joy spring from the inner person, that is the heart. He says, let joy overflow into the outer life, that is our walk uh, with the Lord. And then he says, fear the Lord, verse 9. In other words, have respect for God, reverence God, honor Him. In verse 5, he says, uh, verse 10, remove any obstacles to joy. There are people who have obstacles to joy in their lives and they refuse to remove them. <laughs> remove inner obstacles to joy. Remove outer obstacles to joy. All right, so he says, yes, he gives us some insights to those who, who live uh, many years, those who live uh, long lives. He says, even though you are blessed, your life, you're, even though you are blessed with long life, life is still short. We don't think about it that way, do we? He says, rejoice all your days. Don't grumble, gripe, and complain with the days that we have in this life. Instead, use it in a positive way. Do you realize that some people spend more time complaining than yeah. thinking positive or being positive? Days of darkness symbolizes death are a reality, he says. Even the longest lives are incredibly, incredibly brief when held up to the standard of eternity. Futile, in this context, indicates the temporary nature of earthly things, but it also illustrates the greater reality of eternity. Okay, let's look at question number two. What advice would you offer to young adults based on your life experiences? Listen to what your mother say. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what your mother say. Mm. <laughs> 
Be obedient. Listen to your parents. Be obedient. Who else? Because they know everything. Huh? So yeah, they do. We go to they listen to people who have had some experience because they know everything. Okay. <laughs> so you would share with them based on what you have learned and try to convince them Lord, uh, that um, you've been there. You've been there. You've experienced it. Because sometimes they think they know more than you do, right? Oh, yeah. Just came here yesterday. Can't take much, eh? Yeah, all of us think that can't take much. They want it now, though they don't want to go through nothing to get anything. Uh -huh. They want the, the microwave. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the microwave life, right? Right, the zap. Okay. Let's look at a couple other points that he made here. Okay, let's look at the other passage we have. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 12 to 14. Who want to take that one? But the only is, my son, be long. There is no end to the making of many books. Well, stop. Let's do question number three before we get to that. Let's do question number three. How should future accountability impact your daily choices? Um, like for example, my niece, she got a big tattoo here. So to me, you know, I'm thinking, if you go for a job somewhere in the future, you, that may not be acceptable to them. They might even tell you that, hey, they're not gonna hire you because it's a big thing you are here. Especially because so, people don't know how to dress when they go to interviews, right? Well, I mean, even if you could cover that up sometimes, you might be able to cover it up all the time, True. and they may not want somebody looking like a thug in their workplace. Yeah. You know what I mean? You ought to Someone from the biker gang. With this big thing here, for or on your chest, or on your neck, or mm -hmm. on your back. For example, Not everyone that accepts them. No, no, they're not accepting them. Not everyone that accepts them. My daughter, when she went to be interviewed, she got the job on the spot. And the very spot that the person in the place had to to, they told her she wasn't accepted. But after a while, they still gave her the job. Well, she may be an exception. No, that she went to a big firm. 
Not everywhere. Uh, I mean, a hotel that is now. Atlantis? I don't yes. know about Atlantis Atlanta. now, but at one time they didn't no, take that's to what I'm saying now, but now it's she got hired. But it's not mine, she have to cover it up though. That's what I mean. You can't have to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. Your chest no. gets exposed no. and all that. No. You can't have that. You want to cover it up. Yeah. 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 Is it not in God's word that we should never put scars on our bodies? Markings. In the Old Testament, it's, it's under the Old, uh, old Covenant system. I read it in the Old Testament and should be brave Okay, let's look at the next passage. Next, we will see Solomon's ultimate conclusion on words to live by for all of life. Go ahead, Brother David. But the means, my son, be warned. There is no end to the making of many books, and much study varies the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God, keep his commandments, because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every, every hidden sin, every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Through the Ecclesiastes, there has been one driving question. What does a person gain in all his efforts that he labors at on himself? One, three. This is a question of meaning and purpose. Ecclesiastes details Solomon's search for meaning, and in his conclusion, he shares what he discovered. Of course, of course, yeah, God won't keep others from continuing to search for meaning in life. Solomon warned his son that there is no end to the making of many books, and much study bears the body. This is no less true today. Authors are ready to explain life to us and give. <coughs> and give us tips for finding meaning and happiness. Bookstores are overflowing with their offerings. Solomon was not dismissing the body of books, but one book stands apart from the others as the true source of wisdom, God's word. Even Solomon, in all his wisdom, knew his delightful sayings and words through words of truth. Tell Solomon Chapter 12, verse 10. Will not easily be acknowledged the same will be given by one shepherd. Verse 11. God's inspired word is sufficient to lead us to the life of obedience he requires of us and the life of God he desires for us. Solomon's quest led him to just two conclusions. In these two actions, we find all we need to experience the meaning and purpose for it. Purpose God designed for our lives. <clears throat> One, fear God. Human wisdom only seeks to explain life under the sun. This is without God. But the wisdom we need is that which comes from God. The divine wisdom that gives us this 
insight into God's character, will, and ways. And when we look to Him, He provides the wisdom we need. As Solomon said in public, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 10. Living by God's wisdom results in righteous living. What does this fear of God look like? It is rooted in the knowledge of who God is, His character, His purpose, and His ways. When we understand who God is and what He is doing in the world, we will respond appropriately to Him in honor, submission, love, and obedience. Two, keep His commandments. When we fear the Lord, we will do what He has commanded because we know that God will bring every act up to judgment, including every hidden thing under good weather without evil. We now know something about Solomon, only hoped to know during, the, during his life. While God gave the task of judgment to the Son, John 5 and Jesus took that judgment upon himself and died in his place. Two Corinthians five twenty one. It is in the cross of Jesus that we see God's wrath and mercy meet. In the cross, both God's love and justice were displayed. This good news does not free us to enjoy a life of sin. The gospel frees us to live a joy-filled life of holiness and obedience to all that Jesus has commanded us. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Reverent disobedience to God is the way of joy to enjoy the life He has given us. This brief life is a gift from God. But in Christ we can enjoy this life to the fullest. We can take advantage of each day we have lived in, in full obedience to the glory of God in Christ. The meaningless of life is found. Okay. So after making known his observations about life, Solomon concluded by again stating that life is futile by nature. Verse 8. A recurring theme throughout the study of the book. He says that over and over and over again. Uh, notice Solomon's warnings. He gives us some warnings here. He says there's no end to the books that could be written. In other words, he's going to go on writing books, books and books and books and more books. Okay, there's no end to it, he says. And then he says many questions, many question the value of book learning. This, list, this, learn, this warning does not discount the value of intellectual knowledge. The warning is against making the gathering of information the main focus of your life, which is what many people end up doing. And then another warning, many studies wears people out and robs them of the joy God provides. If you can recall cramming, 
Anybody remember Crammy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cramming for finals in high school or college and make you exhausting. It, it can be how exhausting it can be, and we all remember that. But then Solomon discovered the futility of life when we seek fulfillment from pleasure, wisdom, work, and wealth. Notice the chart. The problem with pleasure, the problem with wisdom, problem with work, problem with wealth. We have problem in all those areas. Every single one of those areas we have problems with. But then he talks here in this chapter about fulfillment. And that is, life is absolutely empty without God. Totally empty. Solomon's quest led him to, two, to just two conclusions. In, two, in these two actions, we will find all we need to experience the meaning and purpose God designed for our lives, every single one of us. One, fear God. And two, keep His commands. Could it be any more clever than that? No. Two. Just two conclusions he came to. Fear God and keep his commands. Question number four. How would you explain what it means to fear God to someone who's never heard it? How would you explain it? How would you simplify an explanation of that person? Reverence. Reverence? What do they know what reverence means? Just to know that, okay, just hold him up. Okay. Basically, you know, have some respect. Respect, okay, I guess they'll understand the word respect. Yeah, respect. Okay, so you tell them respect God. Anybody else? Honor God. Honor God. Okay, what does it what does it mean honor God? Okay. Hate sin. Hate sin, okay. Anybody else? I could explain I could maybe explain um, <clears throat> I consider the Bible God's word. Mm -hmm. And what God's Word says is the foundation for my life. What I believe and what God says is what I obey. I, I obey Him because I respect Him as the highest authority in my life. And so, therefore, that's what it means for me to fear God, to obey Him, to, to make Him, to please Him. Okay. You understand commandments. Commandments, mm -hmm. they better understand that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think everybody knows what the commands are, the commandments. Yes. God's laws. Okay. So, when all has been heard, fear God and keep His commands. Question number five. How, would you, how have you seen loving and obeying God lead to genuine contentment? Experience time. You have peace. Your peace, okay. And sometimes you may not have anything physical, but then you, you people can see that you know you have like peace and joy. You may not have any physical money, but you might have where you peace and joy. Yeah. Okay. You can tell you don't have to be looking over your shoulders all the time, right? Yeah. Proverbs says the person who uh, talks about a person who's running when nobody's chasing him. Okay, that's contentment, peace. Okay. All right. Um, Let's look at how we can flesh this out on page 81. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15. 
What are some ways you can cultivate obedience to God this week? 1. Pray. Express your fear of God through prayer. Worship Him, surrender to Him, and acknowledge His Lordship. Pray. Obey. If joy is absent or if life often feels meaningless, consider areas where you are lacking in obedience to God. Identify those areas of disobedience. Repent and resolve to trust Christ through your obedience. Let's pray. And then meet. Invite others to meet with you over coffee to talk about the meaning of life. Use this study as a springboard for your conversation. Consider walking with them through this same study to help them discover a life of meaning in Christ. Okay, so we have three options there. And another practical way you can use your study guide on number three, meet, sit down with someone. Who knows, it may encourage them uh, to become a part of the study, come to Sunday school. Right? Uh, so those three areas, we can live it out, live this lesson out during the week. Pray, obey, and meet. Any other observations before we close? Um, Anything that stand out to you? Walking with Jesus keeps you happy. It keeps me excited. Okay. And to enjoy life. Eat, drink, and be merry, but most of all, serve God. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else? Father, help us to find true contentment by standing in awe of you and obeying your commands, demonstrating our love for you by our obedience to you. And Lord, may it be an attraction to others around us who view our lives and desire to know how we have the contentment we have and give us an opportunity to share with them how they can have a relationship with you and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask your blessings upon us as we leave here today. We leave this building, but not your presence. Go with us, guide us, direct us, and steer us in the right direction according to your will and your way. Bless the service to follow and all those who will be participating. Get glory for yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.